some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is Zach Johnson. Hey, Zach. Hey, Zach. <laughs> hey, Cole. Hey, <laughs> Gary. I just messed that up. Yeah, so no, it's sorry. okay. <laughs> um, we'll do it live. Yes, sir. Uh, you are listening to uh, Bonfireside Chat, an undead favorite. Uh, it is a podcast about the Soul series of games. And uh, for episode two, we're going to be talking about the undead bird. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Zach, here today. Zach, uh, tell, tell our audience a little bit about what you do before we, before we jump right into this. Uh, well, I, uh, mostly I run an online game called Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, I do a number of podcasts, uh, the Hot Dog Network of podcasts uh, with the Video Games Hot Dog and Advice Hot Dog, and then several uh, KOL-related podcasts. And, uh, and uh, very recently I started playing a video game called Dark Souls. Yeah, uh, and a, mostly mostly at your uh, <laughs> at your urging, actually. Uh, I uh, I went out and I I bought a controller just to just to play it, and I'm about uh, I'm about seven hours in, and I'm hoping to hoping to bring a fresh fresh newbie perspective to this uh, wonderful podcast. Yeah, and that's appropriate because uh, we are talking about kind of the newbie area of the game, which is the undead burg, as as uh, as Gary said. So a little bit of a recap of what we talked about last time. That seems to be in order, right? Sure. Yeah. So we got out of the asylum and we uh, went through Firelink Shrine. We talked a little bit about kind of like what's happening down there um, in that relatively safe uh, hub world um, and the uh, very unsafe areas that it borders. And if you somehow discern that you're supposed to head up this direction, <laughs> um, you uh, will get to kind of a place where the enemies are manageable and don't respawn. Real quick, Zach, did you, um, after leaving uh, Firelink when you first got there from the asylum, did you make any kind of false starts into the, the other more dangerous areas? I did. I, uh, I, went down, uh, I went down to the cemetery where some skeletons were, and I started getting killed a bunch. And I, uh, I, think, I think that in my case, hearing so much about this game before I started playing it was a detriment because knowing that it was supposed to be brutally hard made it not entirely clear to me that those skeletons meant that I shouldn't be going that way. Um, so I kind of beat my head against it for a while, and then I texted Cole uh, because I, I still I still had his number uh, in in my phone from from meeting up with him a few months ago, uh, and and I said, hey, am I am I in the wrong place or are these skeletons just really hard? And he said, no, 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 you're not supposed to go there. Go towards the aqueduct. And then about 20 minutes later, I texted him again saying. Uh, am I just supposed to be running past these ghosts or is there a trick that I don't know? And he, he replied, Oh no, 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 no. You've gone the wrong way again. Go up the pep. And, uh, I'm like, Oh, okay. So I went back and looked around and finally there was, it, it really does seem like the place that you are supposed to go is by far the least obvious path out of that place. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, that might just be me not paying attention. I, I, I fell into the same trap. And I, you know, have a lot of people that I talk to fall into that same trap. Uh, but you're right. It's it, like the, the aqueduct that you end up running through. It looks like background scenery. And that's kind of a miniature lesson in itself, because like a lot of stuff that looks like that, that looks like it's just, you know, way off in the distance ends up being places that you go. There is yeah. something a little weird about the art style that makes things that are far away look like a skybox. Mm -hmm. It's it, this weird sort of like video game meta knowledge messing with you. <laughs> 
I, it's, it's hard to it's hard to describe. But yeah, you're right. The, the aqueduct very much does not look like a thing that is trying to draw your attention to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the allegory of, you know, samsara, Buddhism, it's you have to go in with a the, the beginner's mind, you know. Just so I can crank up the douchiness as far as possible uh, as we're talking sure. about an aqueduct <laughs> full of rats. Uh, yeah. Isn't that something that was in uh, Siddhartha, aqueduct full of rats? Are you just quoting him now? Or yeah. quoting Heis? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm quoting well, This is really things. just an aqueduct full of rat. Yes. Right? Well, it is there's, full of there's sing only... singular rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget. Does this rat poison you or is it just the ones later? I don't think I don't he poisoned you. Yeah. Doing so. Yeah. Yeah. But um, scared the shit out of you because, like, you're walking and you think, like, okay, the, the obvious path is going to be to the right, maybe, I don't know. And then this thing, you know, comes up and gets you from behind, and it's different from any other. It's certainly the first quadruped that you encounter in the game. I don't and, know. and by this point, having gone up those stairs, uh, you know, I was approaching every situation with absolute trepidation, yeah. um, even this early in the game. So, yeah. um, which is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, and the, the, the rat is nibbling on uh, some humanity, I want to say. It's from, a, it's, I actually, I, before we played here to, or before, before we played Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, before we came <laughs> on to record tonight, I actually, I played through the Berg again. Mm -hmm. Um, I rolled a cleric so I could play a dex, uh, based character. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually like a great soul of a great hero or whatever. Just one of those consumable, uh, maybe he dropped a humanity yeah. um, from me. Cause one of the weird things that I haven't quite justified in a lore perspective is that rats have the highest chance of dropping humanity. Is that because they are eating this from corpses as a, as an item? I think the idea is that like solid humanity is actually like a shiny object and much like the crows and whatnot, uh, they like covet them and grab them. So like souls, hmm. Like it's 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 not like a thing that you can trade for alf pogs in this. Like it's not like an insubstantial <laughs> thing that weighs eight grams or whatever. You know, it like they're, they're like they're actual like physical things that you can like consume, right? So it might be a bit of a misnomer. Um, later on, you find humanity in different kind of forms and things like that. But yeah, I think that the rats are just like that because they are nibbling on these bodies and picking it up. You know that that, that other people have collected. Mm -hmm. Speaking of humanity, I uh, up until I listened to the first episode of uh, this podcast, I had a very, very incomplete understanding of what humanity did and yeah. was for. Um, I, I had worked out that you could spend it to kindle a bonfire. Mm -hmm. I eventually figured out what kindling a bonfire did just just based on what I noticed happening. But but I had no idea about the multiplayer aspects of the game at all until I heard you talk about it. Yeah, it's very poorly explained. You know, I had to look on a wiki to like to like to learn what that did and, you know, like what the benefit was. Something that's safe to assume about this game is that if it's if it's inscrutable and doesn't make sense or if it's not explained, it has to do with multiplayer. That's definitely the yeah, the most uh, kind of obfuscated, uh, you know, system in, in the game. I, I have a, I have one of those like late night cold texts about <laughs> humanity as well. Like, what do I do with all this humanity? I just, you know, held up my fist. What happened? What mm -hmm. happened? Um, yeah. I don't seem any more powerful. But, yeah, that's definitely... <laughs> but, but all of a sudden, people are coming in and wrecking my shit. Um, and that's that big, that big, that great big number it, that takes up, like, a significant <laughs> portion of your HUD is yeah. that is your humanity, right? And so does it... Is there any difference between having nine and having one? Or is it is the state change just between zero and any? 
the biggest difference that it makes, honestly, um, like like that number up there is liquid humanity, like that you can lose, you know, along with any souls that you're carrying. Um, the biggest difference it makes is actually item discovery. So if you're like trying to farm for an item, like just kind of like, oh, they dropped this awesome upgrade material or, uh, you know, oh, I know that this drops this. It's good for you to get up to 10 humanity or higher um, because that affects your item discovery stat. And um, that enables you to actually get a better chance of finding stuff. It, it also affects uh, curse resistance and then anything that has the uh, prefix chaos. Yes. So if you have a weapon that is a chaos weapon or you're using a spell that is called a chaos, uh, chaos spell, it does more damage the more humanity you have. Yeah. Do higher levels of humanity make you more likely to get attacked by PvP jerks? Not that I know of, no. no. Or that's, no, just, that's, that's just an all, that's an all or nothing. Yeah, that's a binary. Yeah, so it's no, like like your likelihood of being invaded is it, it, it's determined by your level and the area that you're in. Like All a right. like a level ninety person in the burg probably wouldn't be invaded, uh, but a level ninety person in like the DLC content because that's where like the majority of people go for PvP now. Like you're 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 assured to to, to get ganked at that point. So, yep, yep. Yep. So that was a lot, a lot of time spent talking about a rat in a sewer. So, he's, he's an important rat. He is. He is an important rat. And and this was something that I noticed actually tonight, kind of like in a in a lore perspective or whatever. But like, does it seem weird that the only way to get to the berg from Firelink is through the sewer? Yeah, it's it's a broken path, right? Like yeah. it's a it's a, a part of the aqueduct that's burst open. I mean, there are a lot of areas like this in the game where um you know that your the way you traverse is just through wreckage and, and such. And I just kind of chalk that up to video gameness. Yeah, you know. Although um, even before the aqueduct was broken, they surely didn't want you to just swim there through the municipal water supply, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> there had to have been some other way to get there. Yeah, pe people do weird things with their sewers in this game. Like yeah. when, when when you get to the sewer. Um, they're they're definitely uh, uh, they're, they've repurposed it for some things. So it's, so it's possible that's the local swimming hole. Yeah. Um, for for these uh, undead burgers. Uh, yeah. There. Uh, yeah. You know, based on my later experiences, they probably just had a ladder. That seemed to be their the primary way that they moved from place to place was by identical metal ladders. Yes. In real life, I never use a ladder. And ladders are alive and well in the world of Dark Souls. Yes, like it is, it's definitely the only you know you just uh, do ladders in there. And the uh, what is the game? Uh, Daisy has tons of ladders as well. And uh, yeah, in our world, nice. it's really a special occasion kind of thing. Like <laughs> a really inconvenient light bulb burns out, or you know you have to change the marquee at the movie theater or something. <laughs> a building's on just, fire. Yeah. This way. Oh, we forgot, and we we made this building such that no stairs will fit into it. So. Uh, <laughs> And I, I think that like the the undead burg is one of the areas where like our attempts to like ludo narrative dissonance like to um to, to like you know categorize this and say like what was life like in Lordran like that's where it falls down because like it's it's one of those it's it's hard to read it right so I feel right. a little bit goofy trying to say like 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 those kind of things but that just seems kind of weird because like like one of the only paths that you find like later on goes directly through a church. Like to get between, you know, like, like, like to get to those areas. It's a shortcut that you find later. So I'm just trying to ascribe significance to Firelink more than anything. But uh, again, this, this is just me being Van Hoot about it. So I don't know. Possibly so. Yeah. Um, so after this rat, um, when you first pop out uh, into the Berg, um, so kind of the, we've been, we have these thesis statements we're kind of putting to each area. And uh, the one for the Undead Berg that we're kind of rolling with is pay attention. Um, it's really important to be. 
to choose your battleground, to pay attention to your surroundings, to see, what, see what's going on. And that's illustrated right in this, uh, this first area. As you come up, you're going to fight multiple things at the same time. Um, there are a lot of hidden things right in this, in this very first landing. Um, pretty good items as well uh, for this point in the game, but they are they're definitely uh, kind of behind a fog wall of, uh, of crates. Yes, they're hidden behind a fog wall and also a leap of faith off of the side of a building, which you have been trained not to do, but will pay off really well here. And that kind of goes back to our point from earlier, like stuff that doesn't look like places you can go ends up being a place where you're really, really rewarded for going, especially if you don't have a way to do uh, ranged combat at this point. Because you can find a crossbow there, and crossbows end up being pretty sweet. Oh, I did. Uh, I, I found that crossbow and have never... Is the only way... Do crossbows work so differently than bows that you have to have... Uh, you have to have like uh, target locking on a guy to be able to hit him with a crossbow. Is that yep? Is that the, so? You don't you can aim a bow, but you cannot free aim a crossbow. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yep. I was I I I, I found that crossbow. So apparently I I did get around to a lot of the places there. Mm -hmm. I was struck in in thinking about how I felt when I first emerged into the undead berg and how I think about it now. I was struck by how complicated the geometry of it appeared to be mm -hmm. when I first got there and how relatively straightforward it is once you have spent six hours <laughs> carefully <laughs> traversing every inch of it over and over again, even even without a map. It's like, wow, why why was I ever confused by this? Mm -hmm. that, that's an experience I had again and again because I've, I've gone through multiple playthroughs of the game and every area that was, uh, you know, seemed incredibly complicated and, and very, um, you know, kind of Byzantine paths and everything like that. Uh, once you know it, and once you're not afraid, um, you can you can zip through, and it's it's all seems really simple. Um, but it obviously it has that impression, or it uh, puts that impression on everyone when they first get there. So it's definitely an intentional thing to kind of suggest this this complexity. Um, probably because you're going to be spending so much time there. Like everyone spends six hours, you know, in the bird more or less. Yeah, and the, the, you just get familiar with areas. You know, it's a it's a wonderful relationship with space that you have in this in, in this game where you can like run through it. Like I think about it like in terms of MMOs, like EverQuest, those cities. I can run around them in my head. I can run around, you know, these areas in Dark Souls in my head. I can run around my middle school in my head. It's 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 pretty powerful, just that repetition and the way yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I guess thinking about games from from when we were kids that sort of predated there being a map in the game. Mm -hmm. I think about Metroid now, and I think like, man, how did I, how did I deal with that? <laughs> you know, like that's it just seems so unfriendly. But but how I dealt with it was that was the only video game that I had that was new. So <laughs> right, I just right. played it and played it and played it until I knew, you know knew it in and out so it, it yeah it is it is it is astonishing how long you can spend in an area of this game given how simple it is without getting bored with it mm -hmm. it, it's a, it is a real it is a real testament to how engaging i think the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is yeah, yeah part, partly because everything is dangerous even playing through again i mean these areas are relatively easy but um, you know, I will go from uh, on like a new playthrough and go from Firelink to this first uh, bonfire, and end up using you know a Anastas flask sometimes too, just from you know uh, something sneaking up on me or mistiming an attack and getting hit with the uh, when the hollows do that kind of wild swing. Yep. <laughs> uh, forward, you know, forward, and uh, you know, having everything be dangerous, um, you know, at all levels really really adds to that. 
Yeah. And like this, like this is an area I think I think it's helped out that you repeat so much stuff because like when I, when I first came to this in my first playthrough, you know, about a year ago, I I was trying out a bunch of different kinds of weapons and you know just trying to figure out like what helped out and this was like a way for me to figure out how I, how I wanted to play, right? And kind of engaging with this stuff at that kind of level. Do you, this this is a playground, right? Everything is fairly predictable at this point, with a couple of, with a couple of uh, curveballs thrown in there from right now. But that's kind of, that kind of plays to its strength because you are free to experiment in a relatively low stakes kind of way. I think that it it derives a lot of a lot of its replayability from the fact that it is predictable, but not exactly predictable. Right. You know, like there is there is clearly some uncertainty or some randomness built into to a lot of the AI behaviors because even just you know, having run out of that room with the bonfire in it there at the beginning a hundred times, every once in a while, one of those skeletons will just jump to its death. Or I guess one of the hollow, one of the hollow. I think of everything as a skeleton, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard for me to get into the nomenclature groove here. But is that um, something that you think of in real life? Did you just yeah, make a startling confession yeah. to us? About yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I can't uh, I can't help. It's, it. it's like a Breakfast of Champions scenario where. Everyone else, right? Yeah, his... every, every character is introduced by the dimensions of their skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> They're always startlingly similar to the dimensions of what you can see of them. You never really get a surprise. Well, well we're all shaped by our skeletons. Can we all agree? <laughs> just for once, uh, humans is just skeletons with meat. But yeah, like every time you cross, every time you cross that bridge, and I guess what you're supposed to do is take out these guys with arrows before you cross this thing. But every time I go across that rampart, uh, right out and to the left of the the main sort of bonfire exit, there is like a different pattern of firebombs mm -hmm. landing, and every once in a while you'll get unlucky and just die there. Yep, and that that kind of sucks, but uh, well, at least it's real easy to go repossess here. Mm. your goodies your blood your blood stain there that that's actually one of the early areas in the game that i uh uh learned the the caution lesson i had a you know for for that period in the game kind of a large balance of souls and was moving forward and uh i was i was challenging the boss which we'll talk about a little bit later um but i uh, uh didn't feel like doing this run up again or no i'd lost a, a large portion of souls with the boss and i wanted mm. to go back and get them but i had so was so frustrated leaving this bonfire, crossing this bridge every single time because I didn't realize I could run across the bridge. I took those guys out with arrows every single time, and that's really time-consuming and annoying. Um, and and just one of those unlucky firebombs got me, um, you know, the axe-wielding guy from the, the house across the way charged, and, and that was it for me. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you've done something or how frustrating you get, you have to approach it with the same amount of caution every single time. Yeah, being set on fire is a real, like... <laughs> triple threat right because you're taking damage from it and you can't swing your weapon and you can't see what's in <laughs> yeah. front of you it's like I, it, I i think you know in general in this game as in life don't let yourself get set on fire is pretty good i should always you guys, you guys know that though yeah <laughs> yeah. So. yeah yeah um but, what, 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 but what's funny about that bridge like you know you, you eventually decide at least i did the, the best strategy is just to it's just to beat feet you know, just like I'm just going to run across this and deal with those guys later or maybe not deal with them at all. They're going to be there when, when I come back no matter what. Right. But when you get in that house, though, there's three guys. I know. Right. And that's really so, so you, you'd think that. But it's actually pretty tricky. When yeah. You get in there. I guess that's what I was going to say. It's kind of like, OK, I, I've, I've dealt with the fire situation. Now I have to deal with the axe situation. <laughs> At least I find the guys with the axes easier to deal with because they don't have shields. So yes. you can just sort of there's a lot more 
there've been a lot more times where I've killed both of those guys with one swing mm-hmm. than than any other any other place in the game. And a lot of it is, yeah, you just sort of have to recklessly run in there, but then oh crap, I'm doing that thing you're not supposed to do, which is fighting three dudes at once. Right. Yeah, yeah. How, how many um before we we get there, did you uh Zach, how did you find the merchant there? Like I I remember I found an orange uh, soapstone message and that directed me to the merchant, which was very cool. Um, I you... I think I saw one of those messages, but didn't really interpret it correctly. I, I think I saw it. I found out about it on a wiki, like just mm-hmm. looking at a map. I was, oh, I didn't. I I had I had busted those crates and gone in, but I I have really terrible spatial navigation skills, <laughs> and so I think I probably went down into that building, saw that there were two doors, went through one of them, came back in, went through the same one again, came back <laughs> in, and thought that I had explored both of them. Um, <laughs> But I was I was terrified once I found out that you could kill that guy, and when if you kill an NPC, do they stay dead? Yes. Across. Oh wow, that's well not across (laughs) playthrough. So if you start a new game plus everyone is resurrected, but you can't uh, you can attack somebody and get forgiven for it, but you can't kill somebody and and get forgiven for it. Much like life, Um, (laughs) and the uh, but yeah, I've I've never accidentally killed him, but I I think it just it's so uh, so so Dark Souls. That the uh, the merchant is so key, and it, they hide it like pretty well in the game. Like in, in retrospect, looking at that area with the two spear uh, spear guards guarding it, you know something important is over there, but you don't know exactly what. And uh, you know that's really the only tell that there's something under those crates is that there's two two people guarding it. Um, and that was just like when that, that realization that like oh okay, that was another thing that informed the rest of my playthrough is that. The, uh, I need to be looking for you know areas that are, are heavily defended, probably have something I want, and uh, things that would be essential and a given in every other game is something this game is going to put under a under a bush. What is it that makes that merchant so important? Uh, for me, it was buying the bow from him. Um, I you know I the bow ended up being not so much a weapon but a tool during my my first playthrough, um, just for drawing aggro. So every time I crossed that bridge, I would lure out that one of those axe skeletons, and I would lure out the guy with the uh, the armor on the left, um, just by you know dinging him with one arrow. Um, so it just became this very powerful aggro drawing tool, and I couldn't use the crossbow um, because of the limitation you mentioned before, and you don't run into another bow for quite some time. Mm. Yeah, I bought it trying to do that uh, dragon tail trick, but then I think I read that they patched that trick out. No, no, they, they they definitely didn't patch that out because I've done that fairly recently, and they haven't patched okay. since I since I've been playing it for the for the show. Um, I'm skipping patch- it. I'm skipping ahead. I apologize. No, no, that's that that's perfectly fine. There's there's a place later on where you can actually like where you used to be able to insta kill that uh, that dragon, um, and like by being up in a tower and shooting its wing, but now you can't do that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so, I see. I shot the tail a bunch of times and nothing happened. And, you, I, and then I and then I went back to the walkthrough thing that I was looking at and said, "Oh, they patched this out. You can't do it anymore." You got to plug away for a good long while. Mm. Yeah, like you got to buy like about fifty to a hundred arrows and go oh, for okay. it. So, is it worth doing? Is that sword really cool? We'll talk about it when we get there. It's it, okay. it just it just depends. Um, that's that's like a bigger point of discussion because that has to do with like item scaling. Um, again, another thing that they don't explain. Um, and I think we can help a lot of people here by talking about that. But uh, yeah. when we get there, <laughs> I think at this point in the game, I, I, I had started realizing that I wasn't going to get anywhere without looking at some spoilers. You yeah. know, I just this is it. It is strange how 
sort of MMO like this game is in that regard, mm-hmm. right? Like that where they they just assume that you're going to play co-op. They assume that you're going to have access to outside information. Like, to, and that's, they assume that so strongly that they didn't bother writing a manual, as far as I can tell. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I, so I learned about the trick about going back and just bolting through the graveyard to get the the Zweihander mm-hmm. off of that guy, um, and then found the Zweihander really cumbersome to use. But then on the way back from that trip, I got a battle axe dropped off a guy, which just became my favorite weapon. Yes. Um, what, uh, what, what class are you rolling? I don't remember. I think it was the very first one in the list, just the fighter fighter guy. Yeah, the warrior. Um I there were only a couple of armor upgrades on the on the shopkeeper and uh I had not found very much equipment that was better than what I started with at all. The best thing that he sells is actually the heater shield um because that has 100% physical uh uh deflection. Um, that makes a huge difference because it makes it so that all damage goes to your endurance and not your health. Um, yeah. Like, that's the biggest armor upgrade that he offers you. I don't think any of the starting equipment gives you quite that much protection from physical damage. And and one of the things that, uh, that you know, that you'll you'll come to, to, to discover is that there aren't so many, you know, so much armor upgrades. I mean, there are, but the, the starting equipment for almost every class is actually pretty good if you like that weight class. You can upgrade it and make it viable. So, um, you know, when I first got to the, the merchant, I bought the chainmail because I was thinking in Final Fantasy terms and chainmail is, you know, better than these tattered robes I have. But I moved a lot slower and, uh, you know, it, it turned out to be a, a balanced decision, you know, and, and that's something that uh, it's really about. Um, and I think Cole is the pers- first person who, you know, said, put it this way to me is that uh, Dark Souls is not about finding the best of anything. It's just finding the one that works for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, extends to weapons and armor. So that battle axe that you like, if you like the move set, if you like how it controls and how it feels, um, that's viable for the entire game. You can upgrade that and make that make that your weapon. Yeah, I guess having not gotten to the, I was just reading about this before uh, before I got on with you guys. Uh, having not gotten to the part of the game where you can upgrade stuff, I didn't realize that that was going to be an option. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gets to the point where you can like enchant them and stuff, right? Like you can you can turn your battle axe into like a flaming crazy mm-hmm. battle axe or something, right? Oh, that's great. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So there is no the, weapon that cannot be improved by having flames come off. Of it. <laughs> exactly. Something I know for sure. <laughs> oh, there's Again, so very few absolute life. truths in this life, but, uh, man, that is one. Every, everybody has a skeleton and every weapon is made cooler when it's on fire. <laughs> Weapons on fire, humans not on fire. Mm-hmm. Always remember. Yes. Never, never forget, please. God, don't. No, ever, never forget that. Um, <laughs> no, there, there, there is one thing that we kind of missed. I'm looking, I'm looking at the notes here. I don't, I don't mean to drag us back. But uh, when you first run into the bird, there's a gigantic fucking dragon that like perches right next to you and then and then flies <laughs> away. Um, and that scared the crap out of me. Zach, how did that uh, how that bounce off of you? I didn't really even remember it until until I saw it in these notes. It must have happened, but I think at that point, I would, every the whole experience was so new and horrifying to me that uh, that it was just sort of a drop in the bucket. <laughs> Nothing rose above the above the noise level. Yeah, and and that's something like that. Like having gone back and played uh, Demon Souls, um, that happens in that game too. 
and I almost kind of wish that I would have played Demon's Souls first for, for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about in about six months or so. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's one of them. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that echoes that. And this Red Dragon is uh, is one of them. Now so. that I know that he can't hurt me, um, I use that opportunity to run forward and try to tag him. Um, <laughs> you, you can't quite get to him, but uh, I always try to. Where do you buy spray paint? Uh, <laughs> that was a fucking stupid joke. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't it's, even know. Cole, it happens to all of us. Buddy. And yeah, you know. Like, we, don't <laughs> you don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. I'll just go back and lick my wounds, and we'll uh, we'll we'll re- we'll reconvene. You, you stay quiet while the adults talk, <sighs> and I'll let you know when I can tag you back in. I'm an I'm, adult. Um, I'm drinking scotch. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, do you have you fought um, Zach? Have you fought the the Black Knight yet? So it's kind uh, of the I was first doing boss in the game. Yeah, I was doing that a bunch of times before uh before the show actually. I because I the first time I the first time I went down there I just got schooled and so I was like, ah, all right, I need to come back to this later. Um and I am still at the point with that guy where I cannot imagine a world in which I can beat that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like not only am I confident that like the me right now in this world cannot defeat that black knight. Uh, I, I am I am dubious as to whether there is a world in which I can. Well, um, I don't. It's crazy. Like I've, everything that you've learned about the way that dudes fight just doesn't seem to apply to him because it's he he just seems to be able to attack as many times in a row as it takes for you to think it's time to attack him. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't know. I that I I started like trying other uh other things in the bag of tricks like oh well maybe i can well but it it really sucks when i'm on fire maybe it would suck for him if i threw a firebomb at him but like no not really it doesn't seem to bother him that much yeah like uh, the black knights and and they and they recur like they like they show up later with different weapons and different move sets they are the, they're they're the first thing that you fight in this game that is approaching like what it's like to fight another you so they, they like they, they follow the same rules that like PCs do, right? Like if you fought somebody in PC or, or if you fought somebody in multiplayer PvP, um, and that throws you off because because like they don't have like the same cooldown periods from their attacks, etc. They're they're a little bit smarter than everybody, and they're like a whole fuck ton faster, and they will chase you. And you can actually use that to your advantage because you can get up to a rooftop, and if you're a ranged combat kind of person, you can just like plank them down. Uh, and, and, until he dies, or throw uh, firebombs at him. Uh, you can also do the drop attack, um, yes. which is how I took care of that guy. But that puts you in a place where he can hit you, and I don't like to fight people who can hit me back. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, real. Can he not climb ladders? Is that is that a way to get above him? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. He must not have been a local then. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's not actually. No. So the the uh, it, the opening cutscene establishes these knights as. Um, uh, so they serve Lord Gwyn. Um, they're one of his knights. And one of the interesting kind of lore things about them is that they um, are silver knights you run into later. And these are actually the same knights but are tougher because they are, uh, have been exposed to um, fought uh, uh, like fire demons. There was like a, an event where, where they had fought demons with Lord Gwyn. Yeah. And uh, so the armor is black because it's been burned. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh, there's nobody inside those things either. Like they are inanimate armor that is animated by uh the spirits of these former you know servants you know these former mm-hmm. knights that so. is another universally cool concept <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah 
armor. Yeah, animated suits of armor. Yeah. Yeah. Every and, every time you kill an enemy that doesn't respawn, there's this huge sense of relief. Yeah. Like, you know, that's one of my, my favorite favorite things in this game. And you don't know it until you come back. It's a, it's that delayed gratification. Like I didn't see it until later with that fucking uh, pig. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing just now. I, I did not realize until I managed to kill it the first time by total cheese balling it, uh, that, that 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 pig was actually a mini boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and uh man. It, it, it's funny because they hide the bosses like you know when you get a little bit further and you fight uh when you fight havel you, you know it doesn't become apparent that he's like he's a boss <laughs> you know yeah. uh it, just just because there there aren't the trappings like you're you're trained to expect that there's going to be a name tag and a health bar on this guy but and the music's uh, going to kick up yeah yeah and, and and that's like a confidence thing right because when you beat a boss you feel like a badass you feel like you know you're made of you're you're made of blades right it's like rah, i'm gonna tear this thing apart <laughs> you know i was i walked into a meat grinder about 15 times and then i and then i conquered and and i went and i went beyond but there's no fanfare when you, you know when you're fighting or when you defeat one of these dudes and you don't know until later uh a that they are representatives of the god of this world and that's one of the uh either cool things or kind of missed opportunities of the lore in this game that you know these things that we're saying that like oh they're you know that they're actually hollow pieces of armor like that that would be so much cooler when you were fighting them if you knew it but it's pretty cool (laughs) that you find it later right yeah i don't know um you know i this reminded me of a question that i was going to ask you guys earlier which is another real uh real freshman dark souls question but what are the fog curtains i've i never have figured out anything consistent that happens after you go through one of those to understand what it means the traverse the white fog thing yeah so it's kind of it's it kind of varies so they're usually before bosses not always there are a couple of exceptions to that but they're usually before to signal you that you're they're going to a new area or you're going to fight a boss sometimes though they're just kind of arbitrary yeah. Right. So there's one in the beginning of this area, and I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why it's there. I mean, if it was actually another, if this was a you know a PlayStation Two game, and the second area would load up, you know, it'd be like going through a tunnel in Tony Hawk or something. <laughs> um, but that you know that's not what it is. So I don't you know, and lore wise, I don't know either. There are other fog gates later that have a lore significance, and and these do not. Do you have any ideas on that, Cole? The the fog gates or the white light gates, I think they're fog. Um, they they actually have a a, a functional side to them in, uh, in Demon Souls because like this whole kingdom in that game is 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 shrouded by fog and like that is you know it, it, it's there to tell you like oh there's a demon here like th- this is the manifestation of whatever of whatever uh, miasma has come across this land. Um, in this game, they don't really have a place. Um, the, 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 the white light or whatnot. My best, my best guess is just, is just that it's there to tell you you're going to a new area. Um, it doesn't make sense that it would be a loading thing because you can run from end to end in this world without a single, without a single loading screen. In fact, if you never died in this game, you would never see a loading screen. Right. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't like, that's not a thing. So I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, but, uh, I mean, it did seem like it signaled a boss fight the first time. And I, and I, and I wondered if it was just some weird thing, like, some relic of the multiplayer coding where it's like, all right, going through this white fog means that you are now in your own instance of the world in a meaningful way, which you sort of always are. So I, yeah, I, I well, I'm, I'm, I feel less bad about being really confused by that because <laughs> it seems like something that would be really important, but it, but it 
like you said, it doesn't seem to have any consistent, like, story or mechanical purpose. Something that you said just now, Zach, I actually jogged something loose from from my memory. (laughs) When you get invaded, uh, fog doors go up, and you can't actually leave the area until the invader is gone. So it is a multiplayer thing. So, so like they like they establish this uh, discrete area where you can and cannot be invaded, and when you are invaded, you cannot escape from, which makes sense because Firelink is is like one of the like four places that you can't be invaded in in this game, mm-hmm. and that fog gate that you cross through to get to you know to get to the Red Drake and all those kind of things. Um, I, I would like to say that like that marks the area like okay, if you're a human, you can be eva- you can be invaded now. And if you're before this and you're human, you can't be invaded. Huh, it's weird that they don't like stay there then. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, like if it's if that's what it's supposed to be telling you. Uh, part part yeah. of it is also like you can only be invaded up until you kill the area boss. Yes. So at that point, like if you like, let's say you go through the Berg, you get to the boss and defeat him. They don't want you to have to walk through these uh, fog gates the entire time since you can't be invaded anyway. So that could mm. be part of it as well. Um, yeah, it's not it's not well explained, and this is all just just conjecture. So, if anybody listening has any ideas, <laughs> let us know. Please do. Yeah, man, we 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 have no answers. <laughs> but okay. we do have. We can talk about Havel because yeah. I love Havel. Yeah, and uh, this is one of my favorite Dark Souls moments. And uh, when you refer to him as a boss, um, like he's a lot harder than any bosses you're going to fight for a long time. Yeah. Like, this is a huge sequence break, and it has to be because you have to have the, the master key. So mm-hmm. I know that doesn't have to be, but it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I, I love, you know, I've taken this guy down in a lot of different ways, and I love that that's a possibility. And I love how I even, no matter how many times I play through the game, killing him the legit way feels great. Yeah. Like, he's so, uh, have you have you fought him yet, Zach? I have not. I uh, <clears throat> I did not listen well, your your podcast didn't exist when I started playing the game, <laughs> and so on my only character, I chose the tiny being's ring as my uh, starting oh, yes. gift, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> no, you, were thinking you were thinking that it caused you health regen, yeah. and you were thinking yeah. that because you know how to read. Yeah. And, does it and just... It not is it does it just lying to you is this some like castlevania 2 bullshit (laughs) yes to both it is lying to you and yes it is castlevania 2 bullshit it gives you more health so like it raises your hp level they like that you can have so if you had 100 before it gives you 110 which okay not like like that's not a bad thing to have (laughs) you you know it's just not functional compared to other stuff that you can get it's not by percentage, so it really quickly becomes outmoded. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's actually a Castlevania thing or if it's something like that was functionality that they, they stripped from the game. Oh, and they just didn't, and didn't update the item description afterwards. Yeah, yeah that, that could... Yeah. I, it, is, it is a little... Castlevania 2 is a particularly bad offender on this where the, the, the world is very confusing and the fact that they also just decided to make half of the information given to you just flat-out lies is just unconscionable. And it doesn't seem like they do that here. <laughs> no, the, the game's real fair for the most part. Yeah. Um, for the most part. For, 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 for the most um, part. But, like, like I, man, I don't, I don't know. Castlevania 2 is a really, it's a really fertile reference to make for, 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 oh, for, yeah. for anything. I'm so glad it know? existed. It, yeah. Well, where would we be as podcasters without <laughs> Castlevania 2? Without, without, without that handy, convenient bit of shorthand, yes. Um, yeah. So, yes, you were lied to. Um, and the master key is one of like two really functional um, 
uh, uh, gifts that you can take. Uh, I, I, I'm having like if I, I go back and forth between what the other one is. I think it's either the the black fire bombs, which gets you that item that you can't yeah. use for another thirty hours, um, or the uh, the old witch's ring, but that just gets you more lore. Right, and you can get you can get uh, both the items another yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I was gonna say I, I have some black fireballs. Yeah. The the master key though does now that I know what it does, that seems really qualitatively different than the other things that you can choose. Yeah. There. It has the like, biggest, most like like far reaching impacts on your playthrough. It, it, and I'm not necessarily encouraging you to do this because I probably wouldn't have done it um, <laughs> when I was playing. But it wouldn't be you if you decided to start over and take it. You will be surprised how quickly you can catch up to where you're at now. Yeah. So feel feel free to ignore that. Yeah, but... I, I do have a feeling that just be, because of the of the huge way in which player skill seems to be like the main thing that makes the difference here, rather than avatar skill. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can definitely I can definitely see it. Not. I mean, my my guy is only like level twenty five or something. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I could imagine it definitely not taking six hours to get back up there. Right. But the, the thing that is stopping me from doing that is I still don't understand even the most basic systems about how the game works. Right. Like, it, I don't really know what any of the numbers mean on any of the screens in the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, to make it to make a decision about. Yeah. I mean, I guess the cla- your class really only determines your starting stats. But it does that by just leveling you up. Some mm-hmm. is that, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that how I am to understand it? Yeah. So I mean, mm. it allocates <laughs> your points for you, and it makes certain certain items that are uh, easily accessible from the from, from the very first part of the game um, usable. Um, so, like, if you choose a cleric, that's going to inform whether you can use uh, a really powerful thing that's there. If you have if if you have the master key. Um, and if you choose warrior, you know, you can just like, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Your class really only informs your first couple of hours. Um, so that like, like, like that's almost kind of like a misnomer to call it a class. It's just, you know, but that's also really an efficient way to say it. So I'll yeah. back off from that in deference to efficiency. Yes. But the, the short answer is no, I have not fought have all the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, 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 God willing, you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so Cole, like when when you um, and not to be exclusionary, I know you haven't um, fought him, but we can't really talk about the area um, without him. Um, did you, Cole, when you would you have like a first encounter story with this guy? Because I feel like it's a real, real Dark Souls moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I opened that door because it was an apparent path in front of me, um, and my like my heuristic for going about any video game area is um, going up is something I do last because that tends to lead to progress and going laterally or going down tends to uh, t- tends to be like extra stuff, right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to stay on this area or go down and, you know, see what's there before I go up, right? Because the undead merchant, he says, oh, there's all, the, all these demons up there. Okay, cool, fine. Um, so I opened that, I went down. Uh, my first impression of Havel uh, was that is some really impressive armor, and also he is trying to hit me with a big floppy dildo. I, I was just really baiting you into saying that. Yeah, yes. You mentioned that on Watch Out for Fireballs one time that you think that looks like a dildo, <laughs> and I, I still don't see it. The, and the, it's hilarious to me that your brain is processing that into a dildo. It's curved. It's curved, and the way that he wields it makes it flop around. 
What dildos are you using, Cole? Oh, like, yeah, I was about to. I just looked at a screenshot of this guy, and yeah, I have to. I have to reiterate that question. I, a myriad of dildren, okay? Um, but, but not that I would. But remind me to never ask you to borrow a dildo. <laughs> um, no, no. I just it, 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 he's he's wielding a big phallic thing. The club is phallic. Can we agree? No. God damn it. It's, it's, it's so tapered at one end. And it's shaped, it like, it's shaped like a fang because it is a fang. Well, well, okay, so, like, no. You could say it's a candy corn and I'd be okay with that. I don't even know. But it's not a dildo. <laughs> Although on the Google image search page, uh, one of the early one of the early uh, results is a cartoon of a guy staring at a box that says dragon dildos. <laughs> so you're not the only one. Okay. 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 I'm just, I'm just, I'm with the deviant art set. Okay. Yeah. I that's what I was going to say. Okay. This is a pitch for your, your deviant art page. Yeah. <laughs> to just have it with a variety of dildos. <laughs> Dildren, please. Dildren. Dildi. Um, yes. No. So, so I just like, it, it threw me off because, because like the first time that I saw it, I was like, okay, this is like the black Knight. I've defeated the black Knight. I know how to do this. I handle it. And then he comes at me and he hits, he kills you in one hit. I didn't have any, I didn't have any time to process what was coming at me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that first impression, that's like, oh shit, that's weird. It's got like, what, what, what the fuck is he holding? Oh, now I'm dead. Okay. I'm never going to go back down there again because I will die instantly. So to, to, to put something with zero margin for error. Uh, this early <laughs> in the game is really, really crazy. But the way they, I mean, there's a couple ways they ameliorate it. Like, I love uh, walking down that tower and reading increasingly, like at the top, there are panicked warnings. So they're like eminent boss, you know, tough enemy ahead. And then as you get further down, they start becoming advice, like mm -hmm. try rolling, try open area, try backstab and stuff. And I just, I really like that as an expression of the, the multiplayer and the, the cooperative aspect of that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so I, the first time I killed Havel, so there's a couple different ways you can cheese him and kind of outsmart him. Um, he won't leave the tower. Nope. So if you get him to follow you all the way up, and when he's backing up, he doesn't block. So if you can get him to follow you all the way up, you can cheese him with arrows. It takes fucking forever. Yep. But, uh, but you know, I've done that. The other really interesting way of doing it, and I wish I'd figured this out on my own because I would, I'd feel like a genius, um, but your, your fall damage is tied to your equip burden. So how, many, how much equipment you're carrying determines how much damage you take falling. And you can actually trick him into, you can get naked, jump off of the stairs at a high point and every time you land you take a little bit damage and every time he lands he takes a lot more and you can kind of run him in circles with him taking fall damage over and over pursuing you until he dies hmm. so it, it's available from a very early you know early on in the game if you're not that good at uh, rolling and backstabbing yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's how it goes down in the uh, in the novelization of Dark Souls. <laughs> that that particular story I remember from, from the book. It was a whole chapter. It was about like 25 and then pages. I continued to climb the stairs. At the top, I rolled off. He continues to pursue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I'll make a shameful admission. The first time that I killed Hobble on my main playthrough, my uh, my, my my sorcerer. I, I I I cheesed him. I went through the geometry um, on the other side of the door that he rests behind. Mm. Um, yeah, because because he clips through the door and that makes him fair game. Uh, so I wanted that ring real bad, um, and I wasn't afraid. To, like I, I wasn't at that point. I wasn't quick enough with my with my rolls, even when I stripped down to to to, to, to my quick roll um, mm. to like to like to avoid it. <laughs> and and so it's kind of like well. If it hap if it, if it's possible in Dark Souls, it's probably fair. So I'll do it. 
Um, yeah, so he can yeah, hit that's, you through that wall. So yes, he can, but you can roll away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know. He's he's called Hovel the Rock, which is which in one sense is 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 accurate, but he might as well be called Hovel the Turtle, uh, because his gear and his uh, and his ring that he gives you, uh, it's one of the best rings in the game. But all of it is kind of geared towards. Um, making it so that you playing in a really slow way, uh, it rewards you for that because you can take a bunch of hits in it. I kind of, I, I almost would, would call it as the best ring in the game. Yes. At least for like new players. So like that, that ring is real mandatory. Like yeah. You can, you know, that makes a huge difference. What it does, um, it, it increases your max equip load. And this is something that should probably be explained for people who are, you know, kind of new to the game as you are finding new, new equipment and like, okay, why all of a sudden am I rolling like a fat dude? Um, it's because you're above 50% of your equip load that doesn't like, it's, it's not like encumbrance, like, uh, like in, you know, elder scrolls or fallout or something where when you get a bunch of stuff, you can't move. It's like whatever you have equipped to you actively that counts towards a weight limit. And if you're above that, it affects how quickly you can roll, which is, which is, you know, equally as, if not more important than, uh, than, than like, you know, how well you can block because I uh, never would have figured that out. I yep. just assumed that it was encumbrance like yep. that because I mean, it, you know, it looks like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That well, so, I mean, that probably explains a lot. I need to, I need to check myself. Yep. No, yeah, light, light, lighting the load is a good idea, but when you, if you eventually run into this guy, this ring adds 50 to that. So you can add just 50 pounds of, of excellent stuff to yourself without being, uh, you know, encumbered by with the fat roll. Yeah. Does it only affect rolling, or is it also like your movement speed and stuff? It, it does affect your movement speed. Um, it's not as dramatic, and it affects your uh, your in in stamina recharge as well, um, mm. above certain limits. So they're kind of different markers for that. Um, the kind of hard limits are twenty five percent, and then you know between zero and twenty five, you're all quick. Between twenty five and fifty, you're medium, and then fifty and up, you're all slow. Um, there's actually more granularity than that, and but people have taken YouTube's of like, you know, somebody wearing one pound of equipment and wearing zero pounds, and then just synced up the rolling to watch when one of them gets behind the other one. So there's like these, a lot of levels of granularity, but in like, yeah. uh, kind of the quick and easy way, it's just a quarter, a half, and then and up. So you know that bullshit in uh, tournament level of Street Fighter play where people count frames and you don't care? <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. what that is. Although, this feels more like uh, this feels more like an over analysis of of James Joyce's Ulysses than <laughs> than that, right? Like, the, huh. I, I'm glad I I don't like the fact that people count frames in tournament level Street Fighter play. I'm glad that the YouTube video that you just described exists. <laughs> and further, yeah. I'm glad that I don't do it. Yeah. Like they do it, so I don't have to. Like, yeah, I was curious about it. Thank yeah. you for answering that without me having to you know to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a video. It was it was like the expert's guide to parrying or whatever. Uh, by... Oh, that guy's amazing. He is. Like the, yeah. The end credits where he's uh, uh, Vegeta three eleven is his unfortunate name. <laughs> like I love I love uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and the worst band from the nineties. And I love them in equal parts. And they're both going to be my YouTube title. But the um, like he's a, he's a real good like I like his videos a lot. And that end where he's just like narrating while calmly na- uh, parrying Havel. Yep. You know, naked. So like any, any mistake, he's instantly dead and he just does it for like a minute. Yep. It's crazy. Like it's a, that guy's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but he, he's, you know, he, he, he's showing like what the difference in parry frames, like the active, you know, uh, like the place where you can actually deflect an attack, like what it is, you know, and it's down to like three or four or five frames per second, which could make a real difference, uh, for anybody who had reaction times faster than me, which is glacial. Um, and, 
and it's kind of like, okay, he says all that stuff, and, and like I get it. Some weapons are better, some shields are better, but ultimately it boils down to, okay, it's magic and random chance. Awesome, great, thank you. It's a level of proficient. It's a level of precision that I will never operate at. If you if you want to do some parrying practice and you try it with like a target shield versus yeah. a regular shield, like mm-hmm. you can feel the difference. It's not all academic. Like you'll notice an improvement. But down to the level of like shield versus shield within the same class, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. But among classes, it, it totally actually oh, makes Oh, yeah, I get that. Like trying to parry with uh, – well, you can't parry with the tower shield, so my, 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 my example is moot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, like the, the difference in the classes. But he was talking about like with the parrying dagger versus the buckler. I was like, blah. Yeah, that know. stuff's kind of insane. Like, um, like, like we care about Dark Souls enough to do a podcast about it. I don't care that much. I care enough to watch the video. <laughs> Me too. I was watching yeah. it on my iPad in bed like a couple nights ago. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is getting into like the guy who makes a functional computer out of redstone and Minecraft, right? Like <laughs> I love Minecraft, but that's just not – that's somebody else's job. Yep. That's, that's the, the internet, that's what the internet is for is to aggregate these maniacs and put them all in one place so I can enjoy the fruits of their labor um, you know, while not moving. And then, like, so, you know, I, I love that about that. Uh, all that effort for me just to say, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Havel's a real cool, uh, really cool from a lore perspective as well. Um, so you you find out later, you find his his equipment and some other kind of things about him, and uh, he is a, is a bishop um, who um, worked for for Lord Gwyn. Um, he's got a real uh, a real problem with magic, as all of his equipment uh, descriptions say and lord gwyn has a, a close confidant who is a kind of insane researcher magician um and the uh the the key that lets you into his uh the tower says something like he was locked away for his own good like mm-hmm. it was something about locking people away for their own good yeah so my you know my current theory is that it was you know he was beefing with uh with seeth yeah. and uh that is why he was locked away by gwyn Makes as much sense as anything, really. I mean, I knew that he hated dragons, and I knew, you know, just just by by virtue of the of the core conflict of the lore behind all of this, it yeah, just, it just it, it made perfect sense. Perfect sense. I, I love the idea that his weapon, um, the dragon's tooth. Mm-hmm. Just um, a tooth. Just a tooth. Sometimes a tooth is just a tooth. <laughs> yes. No. I just I, I like the idea that not only did he take this trophy from the you know the multitudes of these you know everlasting dragons or whatever that he defeated, he's actually using it to fight other ones. You know. Right. If 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 somebody you know just uh, uh you know impaled me with a spear that was tipped you know with another human being's femur, and there was some kind of alien race, <laughs> I would probably feel pretty insulted. So good on you. Um, Havel is a uh, is a terrorist. I think. Well, the other thing that's interesting about him, and this is where you get into conjecture about lore um, stuff, is that when you find his his gear, it's it's hidden and it's hidden with a, an item, a specific uh, an occult item. Yeah. And uh, the occult classification of weapons are used to uh, to kill gods. They yep. say so. That's the other theory why he could be put away is that he was actually um, you know a betrayer of uh, of Gwyn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's all. It's all conjecture, and which is you know that wonderful, awesome kind of frustrating thing about Dark Souls is that you're just putting together pieces yeah. of stuff. But he and, was definitely a character that I didn't think about at all after I left him, and then when I found his stuff and found you know these kind of like references to him, I was really kind of blown away. 
Zach, have have you noticed the the like how important the item descriptions are? Like, I think about Kingdom of Loathing, and I think about just how much stuff is in the just in the in the flavor text, you know, around that game. Like, is 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 there some kind of like, are you noticing cool stuff that's happening here? I a little bit. It's there. I tend to because I am so confused by what's going on in this game. Be really, be really searching for a nugget of like mechanical description. Yep. About what's going on and. You know, the, our approach <clears throat> with KOL is a lot more. There, there isn't some grand, like, lore sort of unit that it's that everything is in service of, right? It's all it's all just like a bunch of random one-off jokes. Yeah. Uh, I so so no. Uh, when when you said that uh, earlier, it made me want to start paying more attention to those things. Yeah. Um, part of it is playing it on PC. <clears throat> it the loading screen the loading times are not long enough to read the stuff that That's comes up hmm. so a, a lot of the time which I, like that is the case in every port of every console game and why won't they fix that like th- <laughs> does that not bother anybody else but me yeah. the, the I, nice thing the last time I, I noticed any of that was in um, uh, spec ops and all of the the loading screen messages just and eventually just becoming like one-line condemnations of your character that you can read really, really quickly, and it ends up oh, working out good. just fine. But the uh, the uh, when they're longer and about mechanics earlier, I miss them all the time. Like that's definitely a frustration. Yeah, and especially like the, I mean, with these, it's always like four or five sentences of text. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's I. So I I'd, I'd left a note. There wasn't really any place to to talk about this earlier, but one of my notes was about was from my first like couple hours of play the primary means of my death was always one of two things accidentally like jumping off of something while Mm -hmm. trying to do a heavy attack (laughs) um or getting killed because i had forgotten to close the sub menu (laughs) and and none of my attacks worked and so that kind of thing really got me out of the habit of spending very much time in the menus Mm -hmm. where you would where you would try to figure out what these 12 numbers on each of these pieces of armor mean yeah. or or read about the items that you have yeah the the the, the item descriptions you know, at least that base screen before before you get into where the where, where the lore is it's kind of like somebody took an arithmetic shotgun to the screen a little bit <laughs> like you're just looking for okay is is blue yes is red mm, no is less red than others okay cool yes go <laughs> and, and then it mixes things too, because then there are the the letters in there as well. Yeah, which which we're, we're going to talk about a little later. But when you see something that's like it's a D next to a hand, like what does that represent? <laughs> what yeah. bizarre hieroglyphics is that? Like D hand. It's. I, I I think I have a vague sense of what that means, but I couldn't tell you if you're trying to get an A or if you're trying to get an E on that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if this is like, you know. Is this grades of beef or is this uh... <laughs> this is a pretty good hand? Yeah. <laughs> mm, numbers. No, it's it, like, like like trying to discern the icons, especially. And there is a there is a legend that you can find in the game, but it's like most of the like most of the explanation stuff, not really that helpful. It's it's kind of like that scene in Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure where he's in Large Marge's truck and they're passing the increasingly convoluted uh, uh, highway signs. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought, I just... <laughs> I thought you were going to make another Amazing Larry reference. No, no, I, I'm fond of those. <laughs> yeah, you're you're into Amazing Larry, which why wouldn't you be? 
exactly. He's fucking amazing. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he has something to share with the rest of us. No, no, but it's 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 bewildering, especially if you get beyond like, okay, that's like a that's the okay, he's flexing his bicep, that's strength. Okay, here's a hand, maybe dexterity. Okay, what's the difference between the exclamation mark and the spark? Okay, one is intelligence, one uh, I don't know. Eventually your head starts getting getting hurt. And the discernibility of those icons is actually related to a little bit in my mind, you know, how important those stats are because, okay, intelligence, strength. If I'm rolling an intelligence strength character, good. Everything else, like what's resistance? I don't know. Bad. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the discernibility of those icons is somehow tied to your character's intelligence stat. <laughs> like they get blurrier and more similar to one another the lower your intelligence. I would love that. Uh, oh my That's god! An awesome a, idea. That is a really awesome idea. Get on it, any dev. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. In in any way, like any part of the game being harder to read because of your character's like intelligence oh, stat. Man. Holy shit. Like down to the menu, that's excellent. That they, is a good idea. They just opened the PC version of this game up to mods. <laughs> oh, oh. It. Make it happen. Oh my I, I wish I wish I had a real computer. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Blow, blow the idiot dialogue options from Fallout out of the water. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even know. I need to take a breath. <laughs> Can I hit a bell? Like, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, so, wow. Huh. I like that idea. So, Havel, y y you beat him and you get a ring that help, like makes the rest of the game a lot easier. Mm. Um, one thing that happens in the lead-up to this, like this tower... Um, is a booby trap. There's one booby trap before this where the, like the, the, the cannonball boulder rolls down in the asylum. And then, then there's this one. And then it doesn't happen again until the most booby trap full place in the game. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that that only happens once. Yep. Like apparently, like apparently the guy that was holding that thing and, you know, Miles Dyson style died to drop it was <laughs> a mini boss that doesn't respawn when you rested a bonfire. Well, the, the barrel itself was a mini boss. Oh, okay. yes. so, so it's old Barely. Um, he used to be a friend of Lord Gwyn's, and later he trained his Barrel Knights to. Uh, <laughs> this is all stuff through item description that you haven't gotten to yet. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but he trained the Barrels to trap other NPCs and to hold items that might you know that that, that, that might help you in your progress towards. Uh, it's, it's a whole big game. It's like a it's like it's cosmic chess, really. Um, ah, man, oh, wow. Man, finding finding out that there was a barrel with something in it made me. <laughs> suddenly feel like i have to destroy every barrel in the game yeah, this will yeah. this will be who like, 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 like this will really help you um don't attack barrels roll through them oh what i had been doing was just switching to to my buddy zweihander uh who i also call barrel bane uh, <laughs> because he can he can break a lot of barrels at once yeah <laughs> barrel bane oh wow He's got plus five versus barrels <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I, there's that one point where that lizard crystal thing uh, comes out of the barrel. Can you keep? Can you? Does that guy respawn, or is he just you kill him once and get the goodies, and that's it? Um, you kill him once, get the goodies. Um, when he escapes and disappears, he does respawn after that. Um, okay, he, re he responds until you kill him. Yes. <clears throat> okay. They are titanite pinatas. Um, and titanite is the is the material that you get that helps you update or you know upgrade your weapons. 
uh, which is really useful. So when you see those things, you should really go after them. I've never gotten it down to a science, like how to get them. I've never had like a crossbow equipped or something like that where I could go after yeah. them and get them. So I've mostly let them, let them go by the wayside. They, they have a tiny hitbox. Yeah. So unless you have a, a, you know, a weapon with an overhand vertical strike, they're kind of tough to, to hit. They also later, and, and this is something to watch out for, they st there are a couple places where they're clearly traps. Like they're in an area, and if you rush forward to kill them, like you can get attacked by draw aggro for something or fall off a, a ledge. Um, and that that's really every time that's happened to me, I've had like a great like Dark Souls <laughs> moment. Yeah, but like they're they're significant. You know, they they, they show up in places. <laughs> there, there's one area, especially later, where they are explicitly traps. But uh, upgrading your equipment, um, especially yeah, more as important for, than leveling. Leveling. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, especially if you're trying to do any kind of multiplayer, which on anybody's first playthrough, if you're listening to this, like, don't worry about the multiplayer, any of that kind of stuff. Just play what, you know, play what does best for you um, before you try and min-max anything, which uh, that's a lesson for life, along with don't catch fire. Uh, don't min-max. Just have fun. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to the top of this tower and there's the Taurus demon. <laughs> before there's the Taurus demon, they, they do a real clever little design touch because uh, when you leave this tower, you don't necessarily, that, that ladder is hard to see. You don't necessarily think you can get up on top of that tower behind you. Yeah, but yeah. by putting those archers there, when you run towards the Taurus demon, you get shot. Mm -hmm. So that's to draw your attention to the fact like, hey, there's a tower here. And that becomes really significant in this boss arena. Yeah, I didn't realize that you could until I read these notes. I did not realize <laughs> that you could kill those archers. Uh -huh. And I thought that the, I thought that was just meant to be like an environmental hazard during the boss fight. Oh, that's really interesting. Like, yeah. so I mean, I imagine you had a much tougher time with this guy. You know, it, this is weird. I think this is like my most dark, dark soulsy moment. I killed the Taurus demon on the first try, Ooh. somehow, <laughs> and then, and then, like thirty seconds later, just unceremoniously poisoned to death by a rat. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, yep, all right. <laughs> I see what you did there, game. You, 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 you made me feel real briefly like I was on top, but nope. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just thought that maybe, like, oh, that boss fight was pretty easy. Maybe they just put the archers there, like, to spice it up. Because I don't, I don't remember ever crossing that bridge again after that to remember if they were still there. They do show up still, like the, like they are a thing after you after you beat that. But it's mosquitoes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The archers archers don't seem to be a threat. Like relative to how terrible guys throwing firebombs are, like the archers are just a little bit of a new. Like maybe they interrupt your attack or or whatever, and that's frustrating. But uh... yeah, they're only really annoying when you're trying to do other things. And there are a couple areas uh, later in the game that that uh, challenge that. Um, one of the things when you talk about killing this guy on the first try, something that's really interesting about Dark Souls is um, 
I feel like it it finds your weakness and, and everyone kind of has different ones. So my friend is playing this and there's a, a little bit later boss that we're not going to talk about, but is a really common sticking point for people that he beat on the first try. And I was just totally amazed. And then he is stuck on a later boss that is, you know, I found really easy. Um, mm. The Taurus Demon took me, you know, many tries, many tries to beat. Um, but everybody seems to have different bosses that they're able to just kind of breeze through, you know, just kind of depending on their play style and, and, and probably a little bit of luck as well. Yeah, I was going to say for a while I felt like, oh, I'm I'm getting this. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, I'll bet I just got kind of lucky. The toughest thing about the fight is honestly, it's the uh, the arena, um, how narrow it is, um, because. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the previous big boss fight that you had to go through was you know was the asylum demon you know just this gigantic thing that was kind of like oh crap he's huge I'm tiny uh, what can I do so you, you you learn that like getting behind things is, is is the best way to go however because of how narrow this arena is uh, it's tough to do especially because he can just hit you with this gigantic hammer right and and that's what um, so the times I died in this that's what what happened is I would I would go up to the tower um, you know dive you know dive bomb him. And then, you know, since I did a lot of damage, that was my thought, is I need to do that again. But if you immediately start climbing up the ladder, he, he hits you while you're on it. So I would run down to the other side of the bridge, bait him into chasing me, and then try to get past him to get back up to the, the tower. And would oftentimes get clubbed to death, you know, when that was happening. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, I mean, you don't have to do that. You can just kind of roll and, and block and, and do just fine. Like, like how like how did you go about this fight that you actually won it in one try, Zach? I mean, I remember just doing a lot of, like, running around behind him and only only pausing to swing when I was, like, fairly sure that he wasn't going to be able to get around to face me by the time mm-hmm. by the time the, the, the attack went off. And again, I think I think a lot of it just had to do with luck. Um, but I didn't I was I like a lot of the time I couldn't see what he was doing because I was so close to mm-hmm. him and just sort of skating around right at his feet. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the other um, so, thing when you're fighting demons is get get all up in them. You know, you like you <laughs> want to be as close to between their legs as possible. Another rule that applies to Dark Souls as well as real life. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and then and that's true of the You know, the asylum demon It's definitely true of this guy like. There, you can get kind of close enough to him, and certain you know certain ones of his attacks will not even hit you. Right over your head. Yeah, get all get all up in they shit. Yeah, it's uh man, like 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 one thing about this game that's like not incredibly apparent is that there are classes of enemies. Like when we say demon, we say you know we say demon. Like do we are we are we speaking like in terms of Christianity or whatnot? But like in in, in this game, de- like demons, like they're they're a class of enemy that comes from a specific place and they have like specific weaknesses. And something that happens earlier in this area, you can find a chest full of some gold pine resin. Uh, that you can, you know, you can you can apply this to your weapon, and it gives you, it, it makes it a lightning weapon temporarily, and this does a lot of damage to demons, mm. and that is the way, like like that's probably the cheesiest way uh, to win this fight, but there's no way to know that except to just try it. I'm definitely suffering from from some. Uh, I don't want to use this because I might need it. Yeah, paralysis with the items. Yeah. Um, and and the more I look at it, the more the more the more that I see in a wiki, it's like, well, I'm going to be able to get more of these in the future if I want them. Yeah. So I shouldn't be doing that, but I shouldn't do that in any game, and I always do that in every <laughs> game. I think it's just some. Yeah, it's in my nature. Gold gold pine resin, like it ends up being really useful, but it's also really hard to get a hold of, especially because like there's no place where you can buy it as a as compared to the other temporary weapon enchantment um, consumables. 
Um, so, so like you, you can, can buy it, but just in limited quantities. Yeah, I guess you can buy you can buy like three of them from a from, from a merchant later for another for another boss that is is weak to it. But uh, man, just like I don't know, it's like psychologically, I think like okay, maybe this boss will take me like two three tries and I have two three resins, but like that just makes it so precious to me. <laughs> Um, so, so after after you beat the uh, the demon, you you know you head down through this little little bit of architecture, this strange uh, tower, and you meet um, you know my probably my favorite NPC in the game. Yeah, like uh, I, you know you meet Solaire. He's kind of the poster child. There's lots of like fan art and stuff about this guy. He's great. I am Solaire of Astora, an adherent of the Lord of Sunlight. Now that I am undead, I have come to this great land, the birthplace of Lord Gwyn. To seek my very own son. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's the one who offers you jolly cooperation, um, and I think more importantly, like you know, from from a lore uh, perspective, he 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 offers you some kind of explanation for some of the stuff that happens around this game, especially as regards multiplayer, because he says you know time is kind of warped in this area, which is an awesome plot contrivance for why things are overlapping and for why they can never put like a specific date on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's the closest thing to a multiplayer tutorial you get, and it, it's not one at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am I am such a sucker for a game working its video game-ness into the narrative of the game. <laughs> like that, yeah. just the, the saying, like, time is all screwed up, and that's why you're seeing shadows of other people, and that's why you can move into other people's worlds and stuff. It's just, ah, uh, man, something <laughs> something about that just makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to something that uh, one of the nice things I like about um, kind of the podcasting format that Cole and I like to use, where we we do a lot of uh, community involvement, um, is somebody on the Something Awful board pointed out something that I'd never thought of that ties into that. That's really really cool, is that um, you find throughout the game the armors for the classes you didn't choose, and uh, corpses with those armors on them in kind of places that make sense for them suggesting that every class you didn't choose is another adventurer that went off on their own and got killed before your your tale started and that's just that's kicking <laughs> rad like you know that's just really really cool um you know cole and i are both real big suckers for that kind of stuff yeah i, I don't mean to turn into idle thumbs but isn't that what happens in far cry 2 like any any of yeah. the buddies that you pick don't like like, like they, they turn out to be like like they, they're other potential player characters yeah, the character your your character select you pick which one is you and then which one is all of the other NPCs. I right. I also I had the same thought. I was like, oh, should I talk about Far Cry Two? No, I probably shouldn't talk about Far Cry Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't played that yet, but that sounds really neat. Yeah, um, that, that makes it uh, makes me more likely to to jump on that and cr- scratch that off my backlog. Yeah, it, I mean, and and yeah, it definitely. <laughs> They provide just enough breadcrumbs out there for 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 people like I, I don't know I don't want to speak for everybody else but for people like me to really read too much into it like why mm. did this person die here hmm and then I stroke my beard for a little bit and then the world passes me by so I don't know I mean I think maybe this is where religion comes from right like they <laughs> they they provide a world that is so horrible that you are that you are just desperate to make some sense of it and so you will latch onto any. <laughs> Like any little thing that is like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not the only one that this is happening to. Like this world is in a cold and dismal, you know, just solitary place. And I'm not going to die alone. There are all these other people who have who have suffered just as much, if not more so than I. <laughs> we put that matter to bed. <laughs> we figured that out. <laughs> so one of the things you have here in the notes that I really like is that he's the first cheerful person you meet. 
and not in the way the merchant is where like he's cheerful like he wants to wear your skin as a sweater <laughs> you know like cheerful <laughs> like he's actually like genuinely you know a, a happy helpful person and it makes a big difference like he stands out a lot in the world because of that yeah it also helps that uh like where he's standing is one of the best views in the game um mm -hmm. that like th there's something to be said for how awesome the skyboxes in this game are um I don't know. It looks real good. Maybe that's just me. I don't. I don't know. But uh, the, like, the, like the, the, there are specific soapstone messages you can lay down that say like "Great view ahead," and I tend to uh, enjoy those because I don't look up enough in real life, nor do I look up enough in uh, in, in actual games. Um, but I have been um, through this game enough where I can appreciate a good view. Yeah. Also, a duck pond because I'm apparently old. <laughs> one of the saddest things about Solaire is the way that I keep killing him to make gimmick characters so I can, so I can wear his armor. So I, I talked about sexy party Solaire uh, in the last episode. I started a new one to try to do a dedicated Sunbro, and I just made my guy really, really fat and stole uh, Sun Solaire's armor, and I'm calling him the Sun Sphere. Um, so I, just, I keep killing And then I keep expecting to summon him later. And, and I'm, like, I'm looking at the back of his armor running up the stairs. Like, I'm going to go summon Solaire real quick. You know, but that, that train has sailed. Where the fuck did Solaire go? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He, uh, when, I, when I do a Google image search for this art that you were talking about, all I get is the sun and a bunch of solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> if Solaire was alive today, he'd really be impressed with our dedication to solar energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, 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 you know, he gives you the item that lets you get into one of the funnest parts about this game. Uh, to, to me, as somebody who has kind of gone through it, and is focused on the metagame a little bit. The mm -hmm. white soapstone, which lets you uh, drop a sign um, in high traffic areas or right before a boss fight, and people can summon you into their worlds. And you know, as somebody who has taken advantage of the fact that you can bring in help um, through you know throughout the game, um, I like offering help a lot. Oh, me, yeah, me too. Some of the most fun I've had in this game is helping people out with it, and it just it, it just something about that speaks to me. It's just really fun. You're not talking to them. There's no. Uh, you know, depth of communication. Um, you can just kind of point and, and hit stuff with your sword. And uh, it's real, real fun. Um, can you hurt one another when you're playing co-op? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. Because yeah. that seems like it would be really likely to happen. Like, <laughs> you'd get a lot of uh, sort of friendly fire collateral damage. And griefers, yeah. I, I, I almost can guarantee you you, you can't. Because otherwise, other other people... stupid question is the is the soapstone consumed on use or is that a thing that you just keep and it's a new tool that you have? It's permanent. Oh, good. It doesn't look like it though because it has a one next to it when <laughs> yeah. you buy it, which is really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but both soapstones. So like that I seems thought... like it would work better as an interface element that unlocked rather than an item that went into your inventory, just mm -hmm. to avoid that confusion. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> the, the the interface of this game is not the strength, and that sounds like a like a dismissal of anything. It it, it is kind of bullshit. Uh, just oh. just a little bit because because it kind of downplays how important this is, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, I didn't use it for for a really long time. I don't think I used it at all during my first playthrough. Like, I never attempted to be summoned or anything like that. I did it out of uh, out of curiosity, just like I used the cracked red eye orbs. Um, mm. to you know to invade other people because you know I'm I am a, a person who likes experience and that was a new experience and I got summarily uh, destroyed both times but it was fun 
Uh, but coming back to it now, I like the idea of, like, people in the SA thread are talking about, like, making characters that are specific to each boss, um, mm -hmm. which is a lot of investment, um, I have to say. But uh, I can kind of see the idea because, like, I don't like the idea of, like, I get to level 30 and I can't help people out in the gargoyles anymore. Right. 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 You can have a gargoyles character. Yeah. That's just for, for Sunbro and near the gargoyles. Yeah. And not like the Disney TV show, but actually like these bosses. <laughs> hmm. I, I reacted more to that joke than you deserved. No, that's fine. No, like, I, know, and it wasn't, it was totally an honest reaction. It no. wasn't even, there weren't sympathy chuckles. I just chuckled yeah. and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Yet again, I was considering saying something about the Disney Gargoyles cartoon and then didn't. So it's, I, no. you know what, that, that speaks more to your restraint than my wit, because I just <laughs> yeah, say whatever I, comes to mind. I, uh, I think we're just both on the same horrible, horrible wavelength. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so So it's it's funny Zach that you that you said that you died to a rat um after uh beating the Taurus demon because I know I know for me the 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 thing that killed me was this fucking hellkite drake. Yeah, I I I saw that see that in the notes but he's never killed me here. He's only killed no? me when I've attempted to fight him. Really? Yeah, I didn't get killed. I the bridge got bathed in flames but somehow I survived it that first time. Mhm. Mm I don't think I was running with my shield up. My uh, hand is just always in a sort of a rictus claw <laughs> holding the shield up all the time because I've just been trained. Yeah, as, as well you should be, honestly. I just I think that it, it's so seared into my memory uh, that, you know, the, the, this first experience where I was kind of like, OK, I'm in the free and clear. I see some dudes down there because there are hollow warriors on this on this uh, bridge. You know, mm -hmm. like they're down there. That is the only threat they can get to me. You know, I'll put my shield up when I'm close to them. You know, I just I just beat this guy. I'm riding high on endorphins. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm dead. I'm cooking. Oh, God. Why? Oh, God. Why? All those all those souls. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the, like that. That's why that sticks with me. I think I saw a warning. I think I saw an orange soapstone message that was like that indicated that I needed to dash for that thing off to the right, like the yeah. little safe spot. Mm -hmm. And and that that's what made that clear. Boy, what I didn't get though was the shortcut ladder. Yeah. Oh. And no. I and I began to think this was so. I was listening to your. Uh, parasite eve podcast and you and cole you said something that made me immediately pause the game or pause the pause the podcast and write this down so that i could bring it up where you said uh i don't mind failing as long as failure isn't disrespectful of my time and i was like i am going to bring this quote up on the dark souls podcast and then when i unpaused that gary immediately started talking about dark souls I was like, Fuck. <laughs> um we're so us because because I didn't find that ladder the first time, I I thought at that point that my way forward, experimentation-wise, was to have to fight through the entire Berg every time yeah. I wanted to start making any headway into the next area. And at that point, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. you, game. <laughs> like, that is so dumb. Yeah. That, is, that is just such a dick move. Mm -hmm. uh, but then once I found the shortcut, I was like, oh, okay. I love you again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All forgiven. It's it's such a relief. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we allude to this concept in sci-fi where somebody born on a high-gravity planet, like, ends up being ultra-strong compared to regular humans, you know? Like, 
<laughs> just kind of like, oh my gosh, in comparison to what I thought this, what I thought the rules were, this is awesome. So there's like that when... ten, like the, this game, you know, it's all about tension and release, but those shortcuts are such a huge example of that. It's it's like when you hear about somebody who beats Mega Man without knowing you can switch weapons. <laughs> you know, like like they're just that much more uh, you know powerful. They're raised in that high gravity environment. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, th this guy I've never beat this guy legitimately. No, this, I think he might be the only boss in the game I haven't beat legitimately because he has a, a couple of different fire attacks. And maybe you just got uh, one of these when you first went across the bridge. But some of them I can put on all my fire resistant gear and uh, still instant kills me. Like he just flies up and then fire comes out and I die and it happens yeah. halfway through the fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can go up to him with a full uh, with a full Black Knight set, which is the highest uh, fire resist in the game outside of Havel's uh, set, um, and still just get destroyed. You know, because because like he he acts like half like a regular boss fight and half like a scripted event that is meant mm -hmm. entirely to punish you. Um, and it gets and it gets real tricky. So you have like three paths, okay? You can either avoid him entirely and not get that covenant or that shortcut, or you can fight him legitimately and beat him, and that's cool. You know, fighting a dragon is cool. Um, or you can try to run past him and hope he doesn't turn around quickly enough to uh, kill you. I've, I've done that several times yeah. where I've gotten past him. But I, I still, I've be, and I've beaten him through cheesing him. I've beaten him with with archery and with uh, sorcery from a distance. But yeah. I've never actually beat him. Beat him legit. I've actually, I, I, I have actually beaten him um, in uh, hand to hand combat, um, which was pretty neat. It took a lot of tries, but it helps that the that the bonfire shortcut is like right there. Um, Literally right there. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and it's really like, well, like I said, it's just a matter of you know managing his turnarounds. So you have to get him down to where you are. The, the 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 toughest part about that fight is that he can actually like retreat up to his uh, up to his perch where he regenerates health, um, and that that can mess up like everything. So it's like it's a matter of trying to manage his kind of janked up AI. Like I would call it like one of like like the worst slash most broken boss fights in the game. And I think that that was just because, like, okay, they can avoid him. It's fine. It doesn't hurt anything. If, if they killed this person, uh, this this coal person, on his first run through the game, he served his purpose. And that is all we have to design him for. So here we go. Yeah, I and, sort of assumed you weren't bonus. supposed to fight him. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, yeah. 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 So, like, I, I think it's really just something that you do on a dare or to uh, convince yourself that you're good at this game. But that uh, the sword you get from his tail was really useful in my first playthrough. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 if you get that sword, it's it's called the Drake Sword, and that was like one of the like big revelations to me that convinced me that this game was worth playing uh, because it made it easier. It was kind of like, oh, here's the secret. Here, here's the secret thing that makes it you know uh, a, a, a doable thing. It does a lot of damage, but the problem with it is it's kind of a noob trap. I hate using the word noob, but just kind of like just you know high damage equals better than right but you can't upgrade it without a really really rare uh, really really rare item called the uh, the drake scale and um it doesn't scale with your stats at all and that's something that's kind of shared with later items in the game um especially you know certain upgrade paths etc but if you stick with this and you kind of if you rely on it as a crutch you will kind of cheat yourself out of a learning other move sets that might work better for you or B, learning how the item upgrade mechanics work and how the weapon scaling works, which ends up being something that, like, it seems like PvP esoterica bullshit that's kind of like, oh, you know, 
that why would I worry about that if I wasn't trying to maximize it? But it really does make a difference in PvE right. play. Right. So is the weapon scaling that letter grade on the stats? Is that or or what do you yes. what do you mean? What do we talk about when we talk about weapon scaling? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when we when we talk about Kevin. The uh, so so the uh, that's the title of the thing, right? Um so if if it has it's you want, you know, an, an S I think is the best, isn't there something that has an S dexterity? Um so it has that the Japanese grading from S through Z. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. the uh so you want higher letter grades, much like in school. And it's how much the damage of the weapon improves with the stat. Yeah. So if you uh, if you have something that has A scaling and strength, the more you increase, you know, if you put one point of strength, you'll get ten extra points of damage. And if it has B scaling, you'll get seven points. And if it has C, you'll get four points, and such. Yeah. And uh, okay. it's kind of it's a slippery mechanic because as you improve items, the weapon scaling will change. So the the merchant in the very first area, um, you know, you talked about uh, the fact that you can kill him and that being kind of a trap. Um, to, you know, if you do kill him, you you get a really really good dexterity weapon called the Uchigatana, um, which starts out with B scaling and dexterity, but if you all the way upgrade it, it gets to A scaling and dexterity and yeah. becomes one of the best dex weapons in the game. Um, but it's kind of you know at this point in the game you're not thinking about it because the game didn't explain it. But you also in a weird way you know unless it's your second play through the game you're not really building your character towards anything either. You know, um, something we said in the first episode that I think is really true is that everyone kind of plays a generalist on their first playthrough and you're not doing like a dex build or a strength build or a faith build necessarily. I, uh, I found myself only putting points into strength, uh, because it seemed like that was the thing that made the numbers that represented the damage that I was doing go up and yeah. it made the weapons swing faster, which is like, that's it. That is the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that makes it so you can survive in this. And so I like, and when I when I uh, when I listened to this first episode today, and you you guys said, "Well, it's never bad to put points in vitality and endurance." I went and logged. I log. I you know logged into the game, and I'm like, "Wow, crap! I've never put a single point into vitality or endurance. I should <laughs> I should grind some. I should grind some levels and and make that green bar wider." Yeah, vitality and endurance are kind of like eating your vegetables. Um, it's something that you know you sh- you know you should do, and because you know you should do it, it feels good, and you do it. You know, just kind of like, hey, here's this thing. Like, it doesn't and, seem very fun, though, right? Like, right. it doesn't, like, you know, like, yeah. oh, man, the hero, he's so vital. <laughs> like, that's not cool. <laughs> like, like it, it doesn't give you new verbs. Like, like you know, it's, it's kind of like in Diablo where it's like, okay, do I want to get, like, a super crazy lightning icicle spell with this, you know, extra talent point? Or do I want to get 3% extra fire damage? And like, yeah, it could, it, it could be better if you get like three percent, you know, three percent extra fire damage. And, you know, oftentimes qualitatively it is. But in yeah, terms people of will like, tell you you're supposed to. But like, yeah, yeah it's just like, not fun. Yeah. Right. It's right. not cool. Yeah. The, the, well, the thing with Dark Souls is that you have kind of limited options. You know, everything is limited. So that's going to shape what you do. So even if you, you know, you, you're you're content putting points into strength and that's not a bad idea. And it's a no. valid way to play the game. Um, once you get to a certain point, you'll notice diminishing returns and you'll have to look to another stat. And there are only so many stats, and, and intuitively, you know, like, hey, I'm not using magic. I'm not going to do intelligence. You know, I'm, I'm not using uh, miracles. I'm not going to use faith. Yeah. Um, just I mostly reference- just wanted to be able to equip Zweihander with one hand, and then once I did it, I was like, uh, this kind of sucks. I don't, I don't want to be fighting with a weapon yeah. that swings this slow because it's like, just. To give you a, a point of reference, like the battle axe has C scaling with strength. 
So I mean that's not bad, and that's why you're you know the numbers are going up every time you do it. But when you're when you're shopping for weapons or finding things, um, if you've already put a lot of points into strength, uh, keep an eye on that scaling. And if you can find something B or above, um, you're probably going to yeah. get better results from it. Yeah. Yeah. If you like the move set, the move set's the most important thing. Like yes. you like you can still stick with the battle axe, no problem. So. Yeah, I'm excited now that I've been reading about it a little bit. I'm excited to get to the point in the game where I can actually start upgrading weapons because that's that's the kind of systems that I really enjoy digging into in games, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm I'm pretty stoked about. It. You'll you'll find it exactly as counterintuitive and poorly explained as everything else in this game. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, but I've I've but I've uh, committed to just reading a wiki about everything at this point. Yeah, it's, with, uh, with, yeah, with upgrades, do it. Like totally read read a wiki for, for for real. Like if you're considering like a weapon, like if you find something in like oh I like this, you know, cool. How does how does this compare to something else? Look at how its stats are com- you know, at, at plus fifteen compared to where it is at like plus five or something, because that's ultimately where it's going to end up. You know, if that and matters I, to you. I don't know how people not look at wikis with this stuff, especially when you start looking at like boss items. Like who who's stumbling across that? Yeah, you know, not me. You know, not certainly not me. Like I, I looked that stuff up right from the beginning because I, life is too short. <laughs> you know, and I, I just I can't uh, try every single thing in the game until something you know rub everything together until something clicks. When you say boss items, are you referring to like when you get a soul from a boss, which is yeah. something that happens later? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And who who's intuiting that like this specific soul you have to do X, Y, and Z to make this weapon ascendant into this thing? You know, not yeah. me. So. All it makes me think of is Final Fantasy XII, honestly, and just how inscrutable a lot of their systems are. And it's pulled off here, you know, because it's at a much smaller scale. Like, the numbers are smaller, and there's a lot less chance involved with it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Although there are items that are just really, really bullshit if you're trying to get them. Um, I don't I don't relish the fact that I'm rolling a dex character, character now, because uh, they're, like, the best dex item in the game. All their side sword. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a crazy. You have to like people farm for it for hours. So that's what I've signed myself up for. Um, hmm. Yeah. S- sequence break and go to uh, go to the DLC and get the weapon from that that person there. Oh yeah, that that's that good. yeah the the. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, we'll, the we'll twin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm. So <laughs> I forget I forget where the where the last part of the thread was. Like we're pretty close to the end so, so you get that drake sword it'll serve you well like honestly if, if you don't mind using a crutch sometimes a crutch works um mm-hmm. you know uh but uh but but it's best not to rely on it because like i found myself especially later on like i went right from the drake sword to the lightning spear and then that doesn't yeah. scale either and then once that started getting outclassed because immediately after you find that you find item you find enemies that are uh, resistant to lightning damage um, and it becomes useless, and it's kind of like if you haven't been taking care of these weapons in a way that it doesn't tell you to, you have a long way to go in terms of the items and the souls that you have to farm up and actually to be, you know, in order to actually be viable. Right. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that about does it for the bird, right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there, there's one last kind of thing, but that's like a covenant area. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The altar of the sun. There, there's some lore around it, but I think that that like has to do with like Solaire like later on and a, like a lot of really hinky speculation. Yeah, so we can talk about that when we get a little bit more into to Solaire. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing this covenant really does is it makes it easier for you to be summoned 
to help people out. Yes, this is the the the, the Warriors of Sunlight. This is the uh, covenant that Solaire is a is a member of, and one other major later NPC. Uh, it's also pretty cool because when you get summoned, you have like an awesome uh, uh, gold slash orange aura around you, um, which is pretty neat. Uh, and you also get uh, you, you get these uh, sunlight medals from every boss that you help another player uh, defeat. And you can turn these in for miracles, which is only really useful if you're playing as a, a faith character. The, the miracles are really useful, though, because the, yeah. the time I tried playing as a, a faith character, um, you uh, offensive miracles are really far, few and far between. And the ones you get for this specifically are like boss killers. Yeah. Like really long range, uh, you know, relatively decent accuracy weapons. So, you know, the idea behind these, I feel like mechanically is that the person who summons you will fight the boss while you stand back and pepper, you know, pepper them with lightning bolts. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're real, you know, real good for that. Uh, most people don't do that. Most people, you know, the, the, the phantoms kind of tank the boss. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so like this kind of area, I mean, you know, it's, it's the sole place where you can get this bit of lore in this, in this covenant, um, which is actually really difficult to join because like the, the faith requirement is dependent on how many time you, you know, how many times you've co-opt, um, mm -hmm. which isn't apparent again, like everything else in this game, not really that well explained. Uh, but functionally it's a really good, um, shortcut in this area. Cause mm -hmm. it lets you, it, it lets you kind of like avoid one of the later one of the more annoying areas in the game for me like that was a really big um and inexplicable uh a wall for me but uh but i didn't find it until like much much later like me, me either yeah, yeah yeah like well like i didn't do it until i was like cleaning up for my new game plus which i'm still doing by the way <laughs> <laughs> fucking manis man okay yeah oh manis mm. i hate manis yeah these are these are all your grim future zach Yes. Awesome. The name, the name Mantis will haunt your dreams. <laughs> also Manus. Yeah. <laughs> I am uh I am really excited to play more of this, more so after talking about it with you guys for the last couple of hours. So as part of the admin stuff, uh, we made some big promises, both in the previous episode and in the Facebook group, and we are uh, here to fulfill those. So mm -hmm. uh, we have two contests that we're running. Uh, Gary, tell us, tell us what the first one is. Uh, the first one is for a me American Apparel medium-sized Dark Souls shirt. This was a gift uh, Cole got me for Christmas, um, but it was I am not a medium-sized human. And uh, American Apparel, those, you know, say what you will about all the sex assaults that they do. <laughs> they are actually very good people. <laughs> and uh, just sent out a Gary size shirt uh, oh. free of charge relatively quickly. Well, America. To, to be fair, American Apparel they just provided the base. It was the it was the printing company that sent the wrong one. I know. I'm just joking about uh, Charney. <laughs> yeah. um, so so, the, 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 uh, so so people who so in order to win this, um, we just wanted you to jump on the Facebook and uh, help spread the word that way and express your interest and also be medium sized. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and use a random.org to uh, to choose our winner here. And do you want to give me a random uh, sound effect? And we are looking at Jason. Jason, you win. Jason me, uh... gets a shirt. A Dark Souls shirt. I will not use your last name on the, uh, the thing, but you are on our Facebook page. Um... So the, uh, oh, I, I know Jason in real life. I hope that doesn't make it seem like I'm cheating, but I <laughs> no, do know not. Jason in real life. Um, so Jason, 
when you hear this, um, I'm going to go ahead and have you just uh, message us on there uh-huh. with your address. So the, um, you know, just to keep it in one place. So please don't, uh, you know, email it or anything. Just message it to the Facebook uh, Bonfireside Chat, mm-hmm. your address, and we will ship this out to you. Medium-sized yeah. shirt, summon sign, and we can be uh, engaged in jolly cooperation across <laughs> the, uh, the multiverse. Yes, what have indeed. You. It is It is a snappy shirt. Yeah, it's real nice. I, I actually test wore it um, to <laughs> Seattle, and uh, it, is, it is definitely a snappy shirt. Sweet. Um, the other big give- giveaway we have, uh, world-class sweetheart and watch out for Fireballs fan Brian um, has uh, gifted us a copy of the uh, PC Prepare to Die edition. Um, so, and the, the criteria for that was reviewing the, the game on iTunes. Again, we don't never want anyone to lie, but if you like the show, uh, support it. And a bunch of people did step out for that. So um, we're going to do that. And then if you already have the game because you're a big fan, I say pay it forward. You know somebody who likes good games? Um, hook them up with this. And uh, do, you, do you want me to do another uh, another another sound? Yeah, but let's make it... Give me a different one, though. I count uh, reviews here. And we have this going to Shut up. So the the free copy of the game, this is actually really fortuitous. It's going to Big Adam, Big underscore Adam. I do not know Big Adam, but his review title is that he's never played Dark Souls. He just he like is interested in as a guide. This is perfect. Awesome. This is we couldn't have asked for a better a better use case for this. Absolutely. So, so big underscore Adam, because uh, there's no messaging system through iTunes. It's up to you when you hear this to, uh, you know, if you if you have a Facebook, uh, join the Facebook group and message us there. Otherwise, you can use the DuckFeed.tv uh, contact forum. Yep. Uh, and actually, you know, um, do that or uh, join the Watch Out for Fireball Steam group. Yes. So, yeah, that's actually probably the easiest way because that's how I'm going to gift you is through Steam. Yeah. Um, if you don't have Steam, use one of those other ways. But yeah, you win a copy of the game and install it on your computer. Uh, definitely use a fucking Xbox controller or a PS3 <laughs> computer controller because if you play with a mouse and keyboard, you're gonna say, "What are these idiots talking about? This game is terrible." I didn't think it was possible. Is it? Is it, it possible? Is, it is possible. Yeah, people do it. People do it. I guess there's a fix to make it a little easier, but it's still. Yeah, but like people don't use toilet paper in the world, so. <laughs> yeah, there are people who just use sticks. <laughs> there's time, times in our civilization where you had to play Dark Souls with a mouse. And you had to wipe your ass with a stick. <laughs> Not so, congratulations, Adam. You have a copy of one of our favorite games. Yeah. So, yeah, get get in touch with us. And um, we don't have a way to get in touch with you, so please get in touch with us. And uh, thanks for all the support. You know, like, we did these contests as a method to drum that up, but I feel like you guys would have done that anyway. And we really appreciate it. So. Yes, we do.
So you've passed this uh, big-ass broken dragon, and you are uh, probably butting your head up against either another black knight or a, a big pig. Um, if you're playing along with us, you've gone too far, uh, because that is kind of the beginning of the area that uh, kind of encompasses the Undead Parish and uh, the, the, the parts that come after. So for the next episode, we are doing the Undead Parish and the Lower Undead Burg, uh, kind of ending with uh, what I consider to be one of the worst boss fights in the game, the Capra Demon. Um, but uh, um, other people, they, they, they tend to have a, a better time with it. it tends to be 50-50. Uh, so when you get there, like that's kind of the next area. It's about the same size of gameplay area as, uh, as we've covered here. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be talk talking about next week with, uh, with our good friend and friend of the show um, and the network, Tyler Crumride of the Ninjas vs. Podcast podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've never uh, pod broed out with Tyler. I've talked to mm -hmm. him on, online and everything, but that is going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we do, so do, do we do like the, the whole, you know, business kind of thing where we tell people to rate us and review us and stuff here now? Do you think? Yeah. Or we could, we could also, uh, Zach, do you want to, yes. you know, do you want to, do you have anything to, to plug that's coming up or anything? Um, <laughs> you know, I do actually for once in my life have, uh, have an exciting thing to plug today. Uh, today I went downtown and I, uh, filled out the paperwork that made a thing that we've been, uh, working on for a while real. Oh, is this uh, the... We, we are putting on a, we are putting on a, uh, classic arcade and pinball convention in Phoenix. Yes. Um, Holy yeah. fuck. and we have, we have not committed, uh, we have not committed to the dates of April 6th and 7th. We booked the space, uh, finally today. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy Wes, who's really spearheading the effort has been in the process of like gathering local collectors to get, uh, to get machines committed to it, but uh, it is definitely a go. So uh, I think by the time this podcast actually airs, you will be able to go to zapcon, Z-A-P-C-O-N dot com uh, and register for this thing. Uh, again, it's April 6th and 7th uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you're already in Phoenix, uh, sorry, but you should come to this thing. <laughs> uh, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, no. You lucky, you I'm lucky stoked. people. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's yeah. the weather's yeah, the weather's okay now. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's true. But uh but yeah, no, so I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. It, this this went from uh so we went to we went to California Extreme in July and was like, wow, this is really awesome. I wish there was something like this where we live. Uh and then we thought, well, wait a minute, we're 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 men of integrity and means. We can make this thing happen, and it looks like uh, it looks like it's gone from uh, gone from gleam in our eye to reality and, and remarkable speed. So, awesome. so yeah, uh, Zapcon.com. It's uh, the, the Zapcon stands for uh, Arizona uh, Arcade and Pinball nice. Convention. The Z Very is for cool. Arizona. That's Zona. amazing, man. Zona uh, Arcade and Pinball. I remember you guys were talking about talking about that on uh, Video Games Hot Dog. That's 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 mm -hmm. cool that that worked out. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Um, I, yeah, everybody who's listening who's there, definitely check it out. And uh, it makes me wish that I flew more, because <laughs> I would I would I, that's totally my cup of tea. Like that that's really really cool that you saw something neat and just kind of realized it like that. You know that that's excellent. Yeah, Good on yeah. You I think it's gonna I think it's gonna go great. Cool, fantastic. Yeah, check that out, please. Hey, thank please. you for uh, thank you for having me on your Dark Souls podcast, guys. This was great. Yeah. Oh, no. the, the pleasure is all ours. Like, thank thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. You know, so, really appreciate it. Yeah. If if, if if you won't plug them, then I then, then then I'll plug them. Like 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 legit. Video games hot dog is like the best video game podcast there is. Um, oh shucks. So, oh shucks. No no. I, <laughs> like, like, like for real. I listen to a bunch of them, and uh, you know, just I've I've moved from one to the other. But that is. Uh, 
Uh, and it's not just because you guys mentioned to uh, watch out for fireballs in one in one episode. It's 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 a uh, it's it's legitimately really cool. You and Kevin and Riff are, uh, are are cool dudes, and you have great opinions, and you talk about games in a way that I haven't heard from other people. So definitely check them out. It should be in your repertoire. Listen to it every single time that uh, comes out. In addition to video game, or sorry, in addition to advice hot dog, which I didn't think was a thing until recently, and now I'm catching up on it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just, I thought it was just a joke when you were alluding to it. But... No, that was the original, and that was where that was the start of the network. Actually, yes, yes, because Roy likes hot dogs. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> check that check that out too. In addition to Kingdom of Loathing, I, I need to I need to play more of that. Honestly, I, I haven't I haven't played it heavily since I, uh, college. Like I, I fell out, but I played that for about a year. Yeah. So, so I was definitely was was pretty in deep on on Kingdom of Loathing. I heard about it on the Something Awful boards on the Game Forum, um, really close to when I first joined. Yeah, and uh, and really really appreciated that game. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe like one thing that we all have in common is that everything that we've ever done that anyone knew about, they knew about because of something awful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like they they are they are at least from our perspective just such a force for good. Um, it is, it is the bloodstream between our. You know, it's the circulatory system of uh, of the specific subset of culture. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's just, you know, I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, and also as my way of saying it's really huge for us to get you on this, uh, on the show. And uh, any time, friend, any time. So, I had a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, so our own personal selfish business. Um, this, of course, is the fateful time in any podcast life cycle where being on new, new and noteworthy uh, is, is is huge. So uh, any ratings or reviews that we can get uh, will make a huge difference for us. So if you are of the iTunes persuasion, uh, you can go there and uh, leave one of those, and that'll help keep us up there uh, longer. And it will also help us uh, get rated and all of those uh, particular things. So yes. Yeah, then everyone's been great. Like the response to the show has been amazing. Um, it's been, you know, really, uh, really powerful right out the gate. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, so, you, so you can do those things. You can tell your friends. You can find us on Facebook. Um, in addition, uh, Cole and I both do other shows. Um, a lot of people who came to the show probably came from Watch Out for Fireballs, our, uh, our retro video games podcast. We just put out um, our episode on Yoshi's Island, which I have to, this is probably a real good starting point <laughs> the show. Like I, some of, I think it's some of our strongest work. And, uh, but that's a, like a games club podcast where we talk about old games. Um, so definitely check that out. And then uh, we have some other shows on the duckfeed.tv network as well. Yes, Gary does a show with his friend uh, Brayton called The Pitch, which is an awesome comedy podcast. Well, it's not really a comedy podcast because they, they do help people. They are. It's about innovation. Yes, it's about innovation. It's about blue sky solutioneering. It's about uh, it's, it's it's about products that will help everybody live their life. Uh, the most recent one is about a combination of booze and food called Booze Foods, which is uh, I think it was about fifteen minutes of of puns which I thought was really fantastic. So thank you so much for putting that on. It was really, really good. Um, yes. So check that out, please. Also, Gary does Dead Idea of Ahala, which is a variety music podcast that is uh, in reruns right now that he did a little, little while ago. And uh, that uh, doesn't lose its shine. So please listen to that. Yeah. And uh, if you if you enjoy, uh, you know, if you're on the Cole train, um, Cole does another video game show called The Level, uh, which is a roundtable discussion he does with uh, some of his friends of mine. And that's that's real uh, top of the pops. We've established the video games hot dog top of the pops. <laughs> We're just doing a, like a gradient at this point. Yes. And uh, they're they're also near the top of the pops. And uh, that's a re that's a real, real good show. 
And then uh, he also does a show called Those Damn Ross Kids with his brother. And uh, if you like, you know, I took a couple jabs of Cole during this show. If you like people making fun of Cole, you will love Those Damn Ross Kids. Because Chris is better at it and more experienced at it than I can ever be in my entire life. He's had a lifetime of experience of just uh, just cutting me off at the knees, just diminishing me. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> if, that, if that is your flavor, go for it. But uh, um, in general, in terms of, you know, kind of supporting the network, um, if you want to visit uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, there's an Amazon link there buying stuff, you know, et cetera. We get a kickback, et cetera. Percentages helps host the site, the shows, blah, blah, blah. You know, this stuff. We don't like asking for money, but that's a pretty cool way to do it. So, yes. Yeah. I think I think that probably about wraps that that admin stuff up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Nice and brief and short compared to what we usually do. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah. And, and, and uh, until uh, next episode, uh, praise the sun. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Awesome. Thank you for participating in our yes. dorky catchphrase. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> you know, you like every podcast that I do ends with this just desperate floundering around trying to figure so so like having having a ritual for ending it is such a good idea. We we do that shit too. Like we have a like the music cuts off, but other you know, before that happens it may as well just fade out. Like it's just it's like sitting in a bathtub as the water's let out. Like it's just like a slowly deflating balloon.